Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 192, Episode 2 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and we like to say, up top, fuck Black Rifle Coffee, uh, and all gun-based coffee companies? I don't know. I don't know yeah, what they're We're down for sword-based coffee on yes, this show. Blades. Blade <laughs> me with your coffee brand. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Zeitgeist, Daily Zeitgeist. What kind of guy hosts Daily Zeitgeist? A white-thighed Irish guy, a guy who says, my wife, a nerdy man with awkward hands, even British coal gas study fans host Zeitgeist, Daily Zeitgeist, the pod that's second rate. That is courtesy of MFC Erickson and The Simpsons. And I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! I this ocean's on fire! <laughs> uh, shout out to Woo! Rob Cunningham at Mad Demigod for that one, because well, that was some shit to see. Yeah, man. When I pulled up God's Reddit, and then you see this shit in uh, the what is it, the Gulf of Mexico? It, I thought Godzilla's fucking arch nemesis was about to surface. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great, but yeah, we're we all can empathize with Cleveland and Pittsburgh and other towns who have lit their local bodies of water on fire. Now, collectively, we have lit the ocean on fire. I'm sure our guests will have something to say about whether that's his country's fault as much as it's theirs, but uh, the ocean is shared, so I'm going to yeah. go ahead and blame all of humanity. Thank God they got it out. Yeah. Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by one of the funniest stand-ups doing it, mm-hmm. a fan favorite, an us favorite, uh, all the way from New Zealand, the hilarious and talented Guy Montgomery! Oh, Fellas, please, you you embarrass me before I even get to open my mouth. Good morning, Jack. Good morning, Hi, Miles. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Is this a, a bad time to say that I've recently taken a lucrative sponsorship from Black Rifle Coffee? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's it's kind no, of perfect. Part of our, their sponsorship was we had to have you on. So I see. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, what a confusing relationship we all have with one another. <laughs> uh, it's it's great to be here. And yeah. Yeah, obviously we we did we didn't notice it on our um seabed, but we have heard reports that the ocean's on fire. Right. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, this is a devastating environmental disaster. But on the other hand, it's pretty impressive. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> not not an easy <laughs> thing welcome. to get on fire. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have tried to do that out the backyard, yeah. but <laughs> Oh yeah. Constantly when I was a kid. <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> Just spraying the surface with uh, like lubricants and WD yeah. 40 or whatever. And it takes then, no. an incredible amount of, you know, reckless dedication to truly yes. get that baby blitzing. Yeah, we did yeah. it. I mean, that's one of the great things about capitalism. They're like, oh, let me, I bet you didn't have ocean on fire on your <laughs> right. fucking bingo card. <laughs> we did do it. Guy, what's new with you? You are in winter where you are. Is that correct? I'm in winter. Hence it's, the um, that's right. So it, it's sort of uh, opposites world here. So it's cold <laughs> and it gets dark early. Uh, Those are two of the main features I'm noticing. <laughs> what else is what else is new with me, man? How cold does New Zealand get? Not as cold as America. Yeah, 
we had a what polar, are we talking? We had a polar blast recently in Auckland, which is uh, got a subtropical our version of subtropical climates. The largest, most northern city, got down to two overnight, two degrees Celsius. I can't do okay. the translation of Fahrenheit. I also can't fathom your insistence on sticking with Fahrenheit. We've got such a good system running down here. Yeah, where zero's frozen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and one hundred's boiling. boiling. The numbers water. really <laughs> correspond to what's happening. Yeah, two is like 36 degrees. Just, you know, I just like, no, it's close miles. to our freezing. <laughs> two is two. Or 32. Uh, but yeah, and then, but further south, it got cold. We had a polar blast. We had one of the coldest uh, stretches of june on record in new zealand um very recently but you'll be pleased to hear that that did not manage to put in a dent in us also having the warmest june on record hey really yeah i was listening to our national broadcast yesterday and they seemed to think that was due to warmer air cycles and um also the entire planet constantly heating up again you're welcome we are we're doing it uh we're really doing it you know we're all doing our bit (laughs) <laughs> we're doing our we're doing i got our three windows open end. and two heaters cranking baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean people should have known better when we refused to go with uh celsius and the metric system <laughs> yeah like it it wasn't gonna go well for the, for hey? the globe in general <laughs> yeah i like the precursor to people not wanting vaccines yeah and lighting the ocean on fire we didn't yeah. see the red flags, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You should have known, well, known this group of idiots was going to fuck something up. Yeah. What the fuck are they talking at 32? What? <laughs> uh, make they, make, uh, they, they make good TV. We'll stick with them for a while. <laughs> hey, the Simpsons, you know? All right, Guy, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about today. Hey, speaking of the ocean being on fire, ExxonMobil lobbyists basically dimed out their Senate friends. There was an undercover investigation from Greenpeace UK, and we just got to hear them speak unguardedly mm-hmm. about, about how things actually work when, when they're not on the record. We are going to talk about where we're at with vaccination. We basically missed the goal for vaccinations by just about republicans mm-hmm. yeah so <laughs> almost just <laughs> by almost that gone. chunk of people we'll talk about netflix are they waning all right what what is the future of netflix uh and we'll also talk about the present tense of netflix which uh, too hot to handle is trending in the top five it's back baby all of that plenty more but first guy we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? You love to ask that question. I do love it. And <laughs> frankly, I love to answer it. I, the most recent search in my search history is it was Float Tank near me, Auckland, which has turned out to be, I'll say their name, a, a place called Float Culture in Eden okay. Terrace. Look, and they're not gonna... paying for this mention, guy. Well, they better. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> we'll reach God out to their people. They're after chasing this, but... that lucrative greenback during these <laughs> pandemic times, uh, and so not long after this record wraps up, I'm going to go and lie down in a salty enclosed body of water for an yeah. hour and see if that is relaxing. What, what do, do you hoping... guys think? I mean, I've I've heard about it. I really want to try it because as a kid. I remember being in the bathtub and I would kind of do the version where I just kind of put my just my ears underneath the surface mm. and just always be like, this is so weird. 
and try and like, I don't know, I, I, I didn't know about meditating then, but I guess I was doing some yeah. form of it with that. So when I hear about float tanks and how, you know, the buoyancy essentially makes it feel you completely sort of begin to separate your physical and mental and yeah, you, yeah have that sensation. I've been really interested in going, but I have not done it. Wow, man, that is exactly my shit. So I'm going to go and I'm going to find out. I, I'm what do you hope to I, find I'm, out? I'm really excited, yeah. Because there's also like the, the most, probably the most relaxed and best I feel in my life is when you, you're lying down and you're about to fall asleep. And it's sort mm -hmm. of, it's not quite lucid dreaming, but it's that moment between consciousness and unconsciousness. And you're like, man, my brain right. is taking me wherever it wants right now. Yeah. I think that I have the same thing because like I love floating and just in general, you find me in a body of water, I like to float. In the, in the ocean where it's a, it's calm enough. I like to just get on my back and just feel, you know, whatever that sensation is. But I think it's really interesting for what they say is just like sort of this introspective opportunity that it offers people when you're kind of in this situation or in that environment. Yeah. So I tried it once and I have to just a little piece of advice is don't go face down when you're floating. That's <laughs> with a they, snorkel or yeah. not at all. Not at all. And they, oh. I, I only lasted a couple seconds. And they were like, you got you to stop doing that. <laughs> no, I, I've heard it's trippy. I'm trying to figure out if that's like the one episode of Joe Rogan that I listen to. And I always talk. I, that I, I listen I to on repeat. On repeat yeah. every day just I mean, to get ready. It was just you know? such a good episode. I, I couldn't <laughs> risk muddying the waters with any of the other ones. Uh, but they they were talking about that and it made it very intriguing. And then there's the Simpsons episode where he like basically, it's like tripping, right? Like is yeah. what the, the most extreme version of it that I've heard. I like anything. I, I'm into anything that can like put you in touch with sort of the the vast realms of your unconscious mind. So I'm um, this is me saying I'm going to do that too. I'm gonna I, I don't know why I haven't to this point. I've always right been on. very interested in it and it sounds great. I'm gonna do it too Man, and I'm gonna I, do it on my back and see right. if I can last I can't a couple wait, minutes this time. I can't wait to see the huge spike in traffic that float culture Eden Terrace <laughs> is having right <laughs> now. Oh yeah. <laughs> And you can say you're welcome. When you arrive today, even though the episode yeah. may not be out, you can just say you're welcome. Yes. And, like, and, I, and I will. You'll see. And you'll they'll see. say, man, this guy's got a bad attitude. He needs to float immediately. <laughs> they do like clear, clean the water, right? In between floats. Like you're yeah, not that, laying there's a, somebody there's a little yes. drain. And there's, uh, I understand right. you got to wash yourself for 15 minutes before and after. That's good. Yeah. Which you're is not yeah. like laying in some, someone else's soup. Like yeah, I, or you get a wicked ear infection in there. Yeah, I don't know that it's going to be a brand new soup. Right. Yeah. I yeah. think it's a shared. I think it's a shared soup. I think it's like you're at the restaurant and you trust the other diners. Would, how, if you were running <laughs> right. a tank business, how many how many floats you do before you switch out the soup? Two. Well, I, if it's my Three? tank business, yeah, I'm trying. You know, it's like uh, running you're a fryer. Corners? You don't want to change that oil. That's where <laughs> the flavor is. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah all the revelations it's a cast iron skillet yeah yeah, yeah. all the revelations go, are from yeah. keeping the same water over and go, over mix everyone else's hallucinations up with your own yeah <laughs> yeah You're like jacinda was just in there you want to switch <laughs> yeah. it out yeah. i don't think so hell no it should be an honor to be in there she was in there uh jermaine clement was in there i think one time keep I going mean, you know how all many kinds famous of people. new zealanders you got that great cricketer 
the you know the one you know the what? one we're talking about guy well, montgomery you know many great cricketers yeah yeah I, i'm honored that i've made your new zealand celebrity list oh yeah absolutely that's every per- every person i ask that i meet that's from new zealand i say you know guy montgomery right that's the homie right there <laughs> but that that is such a like when, when you know the the airlines we found out don't clean anything in between and they're like taking right. garbage with you and that's why we all got sick on airlines for so many years mm. yeah so is keith urban new zealand or australia you know damn that's a good question i think he's australian is he married to no way to know nicole kidman <laughs> yeah i think he's australian Okay. There, there are a few that are contentious that we sort of. Um, he seems to be on this list with like Russell Crowe too. Yeah, Russell Crowe's contentious. Both oh, countries wow. claimed him, and then both countries were like, "Ah, you, ah, you have him." <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think he's Australian. There okay. Well, he wasn't in the soup, so don't worry. Crowded House is New Zealand, but Australia claims them as their own. Gotcha, gotcha. What is guys something that you think is overrated? I think any any sport that lasts less than five days is uh, <laughs> is vastly overrated. Hey, speaking I, of cricketers, right? I am. I am uh, referring to cricket. You might see that I'm taking you on a journey towards what is underrated. But I think any any sport that doesn't break for lunch and afternoon tea, mm-hmm. and then has everyone literally sleep on the event that's currently happening, then wake up the next morning and go back to work on the same thing. It doesn't spin a narrative that spans, you know, multiple days and nights. Right. That's fast food to me. That's junk (laughs) food. (laughs) Why don't you sit down and have a lovely digger station? Yeah, we're just doing our quick hits of testosterone-fueled sports out here in the U.S. Just a good quick quick 48 and we're out of here. Exactly. I mean, like, baseball is... That's a long sport by American standards, right? Yeah. yeah. Very, very much so. Somehow Where, you've made yeah. a, a long sport short and boring. Mm. Unbelievable to me. <laughs> <laughs> Who, wait, how, when, like, they have, when they break for lunch and tea, is there like an athlete? Do what, do, what do they get to eat? What do the players get to eat? Yeah. Do they do it in the middle of the of the game? No, the no, no, no. <laughs> okay, so, I like they they go. I know that's broken up over five days, but I'm like, hold on now, tea break real quick. We're no, not animals. So they um they go off the field. There's like there's dining there's dining there's facilities, and they get there's food prepared and served for them. And I guess depending on where you are in the game, some you know some players would eat heartily, and others would would stay lean and light. Uh, um, okay. But I, because what happens is, is lunch lasts 40 minutes and, uh, you sort of, if you're watching the game, you'll often sit and watch the, you'll, you could break for lunch too. You know, how often mm-hmm. do you know that you're eating in perfect synchronicity with the athletes you idolize? <laughs> right, right, Very right. really. You can yeah, guess, yeah. but it's tricky. <laughs> athletes keep unusual eating schedules. But, um, I've always thought it'd be cool if there was a player cam. And so each right. member of the squad has to wear a GoPro <laughs> through lunch and you just get to watch the players eating serving themselves you don't have to have the audio on it'd just be nice to have this immersive kind of experience yeah and just hear like the cutlery against like the plates and things yeah groans and burp yeah i I get it that'd be nice yeah we're the we're the uh opposite of that In, in america like american football delivers a total of only 18 minutes of 
of football action, mm-hmm. like in between, like that's how much, uh, that's how long people are playing for. Uh, yeah. But we need it in quick bursts, just like, you know, delivered to wow. us in concentrated form. And then yeah. we need a break to watch I, beer commercials uh, yeah, or drink exactly. beer. Or, I, I, yeah. I have sort of underhandedly poo-pooed these shorter sports, but I, I've got to say, I do appreciate American football and other yeah, American sports. Because, well, I just like... um. I do struggle without advertisers. I don't know what products to buy. And so I, I, <laughs> I, I do find myself with a very well-stocked fridge after a game of American right. football. It's like, yeah. while I love the 18 minutes of fo- of actual sport I see, I love the 112 minutes of commercials That's that right. really yeah. make the sport. Are, what you, were you a Broncos fan again? Is that I am a Denver Broncos yeah, fan. Yeah, okay. I remember this all starting to come together again. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, I'm assuming if your purchases are based on football commercials that your fridge is stocked with 150 different varieties of hard seltzer. Absolutely. <laughs> that seems to be one of the- <laughs> And you better, you better believe I'm insured up the wazoo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> look, you look at the poster you got in the background. You got the whole dilly dilly frame joint oh, back hell there. Yeah, yeah. What is something you think is underrated guy? Test cricket. The only mm. form of sport. I. <laughs> I, I would like to take this opportunity to champion our men's national team, the Black Caps, who recently won the World Test, the inaugural World Test Championship. It's one of sports' great underdogs. Test cricket traditionally takes five days. It's the reason that people don't like cricket and misunderstand it, because it takes five days. It's this incredible sort of titanic mental as well as physical battle. It's called Test because it's, you know, it's mentally testing. And... Uh, for the first ever World Test Championship final, they left a sixth day in Louvre for, for rain, for rain delay. But traditionally, a, a test match can last five days, and the outcome can be a draw. And it's it's not exactly what you want, but everyone involved can still be satisfied by that outcome. In this instance, we won against the odds against the most powerful and wealthy cricketing nation in the world, India. And it was, I stayed up, it was on in England, so I stayed up every night. Started at nine thirty and play would last nine thirty p.m. and play would last till six a.m. So I shifted my body clock. I went nocturnal, and it was one of the greatest weeks of my life. Like, like wow. a huge shout out to Test cricket and the Black Caps. Won by eight wickets, huh? We won by eight wickets. It was like it was it. honestly, it was one of the most sort of religious experiences I've had watching sport. I can't even articulate the feeling it gave me. It was like, oh man. Did you grow up playing cricket or was it, yeah, it a thing yeah. that everyone plays to on top of watching or because some to me, like the perception, obviously, from my ignorant ass is like, well, I don't have enough white clothes to play cricket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They do love to put you in white clothes. It's sort of <laughs> like it's the summer sport, I suppose. So it's yeah. not unlike baseball would be in America. And you could organically be like, yo, you know who can bowl the fuck out of that thing is my friend Guy. Like, is is it the same way or do you have to really focus on becoming a cricketer? Like, uh, or can you organically kind of be like, yo, did you, have you seen this kid around the corner type stuff? Just, or is it a little more It's organized? both. You know, it's, there are people who are pretty naturally talented at it and then they get sort of hoovered up into the development systems and they can become great. Usually, New Zealand's small enough that usually you'll be one degree of separation from someone right. who's in the national team. Gotcha. But yeah, it's like it's just I just I like a know. rookie of the year type Disney film where like this this child with a broken arm sudden suddenly becomes like the greatest bowler in test cricket. And <laughs> you're just like now everyone's like, I love I, now I love this sport. The, the very thinly drawn sort of hallmark sports movie you've described is it's it's a 
pretty handy metaphor for the Black Caps' meteoric rise to um to being world champions. Five and years when, ago, we were the like worst team in the world, and no one wanted to play us. Oh wow! Wow, we were bad. But then we were like, <laughs> do you know what would be? We were like, do you know what would be? We'd be better as if we were good, and so yeah. everyone concentrated on becoming good, oh. and it and it worked. <laughs> I love the A to B logic of the Kiwis. You know, it's 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 something to just stand in awe of because out here we're like put on your bootstraps and smack the shit out of it. We're like, why are we losing? <laughs> yeah. Well, I sort of, I, I did create quite a succinct narrative there because I'm aware we've been talking about variations of cricket for nigh on five or so, possibly 10 minutes and probably <laughs> alienating a huge number of um, listeners and potential sponsors like no, the good I, folks I we'll at Black right. Rifle Coffee. So um, <laughs> <laughs> we've got to keep the show on the road. Can't think of a less less of an overlap between uh, two brands than Test Cricket and Black Rifle Coffee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what can I just ask before we move on from cricket, which I promise, Zeitgang, we will. What, like, what is the viewing experience? Are you sitting down that whole time? Are you like running errands in between? How long is each viewing sesh? It, so it starts, the first session lasts for two hours. I can't remember the okay. exact hourly breakdown. The second session would last for two hours again, maybe. And the last one, it's probably two, two, two. Got it. And, okay. um, each day? Each day, yeah. So wait, might, there's, there's two hours per day? Six hours per day. Six hours per day, right. Okay. So you've got gotcha. your morning session, then you've got lunch, then you've got your sort of post-lunch session, then you've got tea, and then you've got your evening session. Right. And there's allowance for light and whatnot. But you can sort it's sort of like just also a great conversational backdrop. It's like I I tried to get when I was living in America, I tried to get into baseball because I like going to the game and it's right. just, you know, it's sort of having yeah, talking and stuff. Active in action next year and you've got all these huge conversational breaks. It's like going for it's a sporting equivalent of going for a walk where, you know, it's a right. changing environment around you. There's something you can always defer to conversationally. Yeah. Absolutely. And I just also it's it's so slow. Like right. It's so it's almost deliberately boringly inaccessible. And I love right. that. I love that people hate it with such a passion and it winds them up. I find it very funny. Yeah, right. American sports fans are like baseball's too slow. Speed it up. Like get it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Less time in the batter's box. Hurry, hurry, hurry. <laughs> and yeah, I I like the the opposite. It's the it's the sporting equivalent of slow TV. Absolutely. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, talk cricket. No, uh, sorry, that's we already did that. Uh, we'll come back and talk about the news. And we're back. And yeah, so Greenpeace UK put together an investigation where they were posing as recruiters for a lobbying effort for a company that was a fan of ExxonMobil's work. And that's a that's a great setup to get people to just talk wild yep. shit. Be like, yeah. hey, man, like, impress me. And right. <laughs> it feels like how you do, like, a doc, start a documentary, like, with a, about a drug dealer. You're like, yo, dude, did you really, you really moved all those drugs? Like, nah, I can't talk about that. I can't. Man, I, the things I've heard, I just heard yeah. epic things like the CIA said they'd never seen anything like this. The <laughs> DEA, they were crying hearing your name like, well, you know. Yeah, this has been they use that same tactic 
Uh, again, just to reach out to ExxonMobil's like main DC lobbyists, one who's still at ExxonMobil in an official capacity, very high up, and another that just left in the beginning of the year. And again, just a couple of compliments. And now they're kind of letting you know, again, the part that most of us can see from the outside pretty clearly as we look at how senators and Congress people, you know, are motivated. Uh, but it's really one thing to hear them talk all this stuff out loud. So I'm going to play just a quick intro part and then I'm going to jump ahead to this guy talking. So I'll play two parts and then we can talk on the other side. Unearthed posed as recruitment consultants and told them we had a client who admired their work. Then we interviewed them on Zoom and asked them to tell us what they and the other lobbyists at Exxon have been up to. ExxonMobil is so powerful that the management suite at its global headquarters is known as the God Pod. Okay. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> yeah. They're talking to the folks over at the God Pod. Cool name. Yeah, right. I can't imagine for especially for the one of the you know the largest polluters of our earth that the people in there that it's ref referenced to as the God Pod. Is this a bad time to say I, I recently took on a very lucrative sponsorship deal with Exxon Mobil? <laughs> Damn it, guy! Really? I got to get that cash. We were gonna take that shell deal. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, so then let's get to the good part, which is a few compliments, and now they got the loosest lips. He told us which United States senators the company sought to recruit to their lobbying campaign. And they're not all Republicans. We're playing defense because President Biden's talking about this big infrastructure package, and he's going to pay for it by increasing corporate taxes. You stick the highways and bridges, then a lot of the, the negative stuff starts to come out. because right. For you guys. Because there's, there's a germaneness, right? There's this, it, it, that doesn't make any sense for a highway bill. Why, why would you put in? Why would you put in a uh, uh, something on uh, uh, emissions reductions on climate change uh, to oil refineries in a highway bill? Who's the crucial guys for you? Well, Senator Capito, who's the ranking member of Environment and Public Works, Joe Manchin, I talk to his office every week, and he is the kingmaker <laughs> uh, on this because he's a Democrat from West Virginia, which is a very conservative state, and, and he's not shy about sort of staking his claim early yeah. and completely changing the debate. So on the Democrat side, we look for the moderates on these issues. So it's the Manchins, it's the cinemas, it's the testers. Exxon is even trying to get through to President Biden through his friend, Senator Chris Coons. This guy goes on to say that Chris Coons is like all, you know, they talk to him constantly. And because he's from Delaware, where Biden is from, that they, they're really exploiting this connection to, you know, get them to hear their side of this debate, which is please don't make us pay more taxes or pay for a carbon tax while you go and pay for these new technologies that are infinitely renewable and have no carbon emissions. Yeah. Those are the moderates, just to be clear. That's what that's what he said. We we look for the moderates who are open to being in the pocket of ExxonMobil when it comes to climate change. That's and, what you know, right. moderation is considered in the in the Democratic Party and in Absolutely. American politics. And it's not about the filibuster or any of this other shit. Like they know, you know, again, the the calculus for a lot of people in the Senate is merely just just stay in office. It's not to deliver results for people. It's just no, I want to get here and I want to feel like I'm, I can never be knocked off this perch. So if I have to do deals with the earth fuckers, you know, that are out there, 
with their deep pockets, then I will do business with that's them. The, that's the same sort of um, power-grabbing, short-term logic that governs all of this, right? I mm-hmm. mean, what is the end game for ExxonMobil? There is a finite amount of the resource that they peddle in the world. Right. But it's like you just got to have a vice grip on power and distribution and, like, you know, protecting how much it costs to to find and use until yeah. we run out. And then they go, I don't know we're going to run out. Hell, if I knew <laughs> we were going to run out, I wouldn't have got into this in the first place. I would have pivoted yeah. to this other thing that apparently could be a much better path forward. But yeah, even when listening to this, it's just, it's, you know, it's one thing to always see this sort of gridlock happen in the Senate and just with our very fucked up form of governance. But then when you really see on the other side, the people who are the ones exerting the pressure speak so plainly like that, it's never about this other stuff. It's like, no, infrastructure is supposed to be like roads and stuff. Don't come into our lane with this emissions reduction or carbon tax stuff. We don't want to hear it. And then this uh, piece goes on later on to say where they admit how Exxon will be for a carbon tax, but they only do that because they know the road there is so hard that if they can just stay fixed there, then they can excuse all this other stuff. It was like, well, we're for a carbon tax if you just pass something, you know, like that's what we'll mm-hmm. do. But also behind the scenes, we're gumming up the gear so it'll, you guys won't even get close. But you can. But again, when you hear both of these lobbyists speak, it's clear to them that the pace at which people are asking for new forms of energy and to address climate change, they see themselves as having like a four year window, like to do as much damage as possible before the legislation kind of, you know, consumes their business, probably. But who knows? They seem to be very well funded. They've got great service stations, friendly attendance. It's a hell of a product. (laughs) (laughs) as you've always said yeah i mean they were the first to know about climate change they knew about climate change in the early 80s before we knew about climate change and that didn't change anything so i mean except the dang climate (laughs) right (laughs) get him out of here yeah (laughs) get this guy out of here this guy (laughs) yeah if there's any hope for people that like those uh ExxonMobil is investing in a greener future. Campaigns have some actual truth behind them. Like we we can give up on that. That this is what they're invested in, which is making as much money next quarter is essentially what it is. Right. All yeah, that all those initiatives have always been thinly veiled PR exercises, right? right. With of right. absolutely no substance. British Petroleum rebranded to Beyond Petroleum and invented the idea of a carbon footprint. Yeah. Right. Which is pretty much just like, God, this is too big for us. If we can just force everyone into thinking they can shoulder a tiny bit of responsibility for their carbon emissions, we can keep just absolutely pillaging everything. Right. In the interim. Yep. It's on you, listener. You got (laughs) to drink with paper straws and. That's right. uh, Remember your bags when you go to the grocery store. Yeah. Don't don't fuck this up. Together, uh, we can fix this. Don't fuck <laughs> this for, up for Rex Tillerson, who went from the CEO of Exxon to the Secretary of State. <laughs> <laughs> That's truly amazing. Look at the fucking, yeah. for lack of a better word, pipeline, and yeah. you can see just how all of this shit moves. Like, it's all, you know, again, for people who aren't cynical or radical enough yet, just don't, take a second to look at how they, do, how they move. It's the same thing as, you know how celebrities always d- date celebrities? Because right. they're the only ones who know what it's like. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, uh, I can I can only lay my head t- down with another evil earth fucker who has the dread of their, you know, collective karma for the deeds they've done in the pursuit of profits hanging over their head. But we loved a vacation in Bali. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they've already made their decision a long time ago. And that's how that's how you know that they're they're good. They're good for the job. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, where the short-sightedness of the U.S. has gotten us. So Republican governors are now basically begging their constituents to get vaccinated Mm -hmm. after the country missed its goal for vaccinations by uh, just, you know, if Republicans had gotten vaccinated, we would have hit 70 pretty easily. Currently, a new Washington Post-ABC News poll showed 74% of people who haven't been vaccinated say they probably or definitely won't get vaccinated and that 86% of Democrats have received at least one vaccine shot compared with 45% of Republicans. So breaks down pretty evenly along ideological lines there. Yeah. They're dealing with something spookier now because of the Delta variant. And now that it's becoming, you know, slowly the dominant strain uh, in the U.S., these states and cities that have low vaccination rates are looking at experiencing significant infection rates. And this is why these governors like in Utah, Arkansas, West Virginia, et cetera, have like, again, been saying things like, you know, I think Asa Hutchinson, Arkansas was like, the vaccine is the only solution to this <laughs> was like saying very directly on TV to people who would listen because, you know, they're looking at sub 50 percent vaccination rates. You got Jim Justice, who's the governor of West Virginia, saying when it really boils right down to it, they're in a lottery to themselves. We have a lottery that says if you're vaccinated, we're going to give you stuff. Well, you've got another lottery for them, and it's a death lottery. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like that energy. Who's that guy? This is the governor of West Virginia. <laughs> well, you've got another lottery for them, and it's a, it's a death lottery. I mean, it's so appropriate that it's somebody named Jim Justice because it sounds like a that that is a Steven Seagal character name. And that the way he spoke about that it, it sounds like it could be from a trailer for a Steven Seagal. Movie. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they're playing a lottery, a death, a death lottery. lottery. And that's the name of the Seagal movie. Death. Lottery, yeah. Death lottery. It's a good sound justice. Steven Seagal in death lottery or is the death lottery. It depends. Do you think uh, Jim Justice seems like the kind of guy, just based on that one, like he'd be the last kind of like T-ball coach you'd want, like, you know, consoling your kid (laughs) if they get hit with a ball (laughs) or anything like that. He's like, yeah, should have kept your eyes open. Yeah. It's (laughs) it's tough love in the moment. But, you know, you look back on that and you think, wow, that T-ball coach really changed my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) He got me to respect vaccines. It's funny to just see him like, finally getting it a year and a half into the global pandemic that like these people's lives are at risk it's so it's so crazy how low the bar has been set for any sort of appraisal or just basic improvement on governance where it's like a year and a half into what was a pandemic that was telegraphed as much as possible a year and a half and it's like oh wow you better get vaccinated because this is bad. And everyone's like, oh, that Jim Justice, man, I knew he'd pull through. <laughs> Truth uh, he's still he's still responsible for like, you know, yeah. I, mean, I don't know the particulars, but 
It's just absurd. Like the no, the yeah. bar that was set for basic competence on handling this was so low. It was just basically, you know, an understanding that you had to do a difficult thing in the moment to prevent an absolute disaster unspooling. Yeah. And virtually no one could rise to the challenge. No. Because it required doing things that an American had never thought of, which is to take care of another American person. Mm. And because that concept is so foreign, it just turned into this car wreck of like no empathy, no empathy car wreck. Yeah. And then it was like, what the heck's going on? And you're like, well, you didn't even handle this thing empathetically. Yeah. I remember when the whole the mask thing, like just this very basic logical piece of advice became a sort of referenda on civil liberties and freedom. And it was like, oh, man, if uh -oh. you guys are going to miss the point this badly. You're going to you America know. the shit out of this. Aren't yeah. You're going to fuck the assignment <laughs> up again. <laughs> but yeah, this is and it's wild to kind of see this continue because, you know, you know that these governors, just like Exxon Mobil is the analysts are showing them things that say, it can get real fucking dark if people aren't vaccinated because the Delta variant is now becoming the more dominant strain around the world. But in America, you're seeing it creep up and it's just going to tear through unvaccinated communities because mm -hmm. it is so transmissible. While at the same time, there's all this evidence that's showing like, you know, anecdotally, I saw that there was some party like in Australia that was like a super spreader event. But mm -hmm. like people who were vaccinated were the ones who walked out without getting infected and you know in the uk this is another place that has a lot of vaccinations 67 percent of the people there vaccinated new infections were kind of low at around 1900 at the uh, 1900 a day in the end of may then the delta variant showed up now they're around 17,600 new cases a day and they're rising it's, and yeah uh, but yeah luckily though because of the vaccinations the instances of hospitalization and death are much lower but still this means if you aren't you're not looking, you know, Russia, I mean, for example, is not doing well. They're, they're lower in the UK, but they're still rising. Boris Johnson right. gave a press conference, I think, maybe yesterday or two days ago, where he was like, man, that guy's such a fucking slice of spam, massive piece <laughs> of shit, was just saying, you know, we just have to accept we're going to be looking at 50,000 cases a day and people are going to die. He just was pretty plainly like, we just have to accept that people are going to die because he has spent so long saying we're going to open on July 19th. Yeah. And now right. in the face of a fourth wave, he's just he's just so spineless. He's like, we're still going to open on July 19th while literally the entire country is just, the Delta variant is running riot. His definition of herd immunity is people are going to die. Right. right. Treat people like herd animals. That's yes. where the weak ones in the herd are going to, you right. know, they'll perish. And then the strong ones. And by ones... weak ones, we mean poor. We we talked last week about this op-ed from somebody who w was talking about how AIDS has continued to be a crisis in the world. It's just that it's it's more of a crisis that affects poor people, and therefore the narrative in government and in the mainstream media has become that we have it under control, that we have this medication, mm. parentheses, extremely expensive medication that that can control it. Now I feel like we're seeing the same thing happen here with covid as that op-ed pointed out but like that's just like when you view boris johnson through through that lens it's like yeah people yeah. are gonna die not me not the people i know and make money with it's gonna be 
you know, poor people, but we are going to make money and just pretend that this isn't happening because it's mostly happening to the poorer people. It's people, not persons. It's not individual people. It's the concept of people. Yeah. A large group. And don't make me look at photos because that'll bum me out. Yeah. (laughs) But but we have to accept it. And I can just see like, you know, in 15 years, like Bill Gates is like spearheading like, a you know, COVID relief concert for the Southern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like we're acting like, oh, God, it's such a terrible thing, COVID, that it's just we haven't eradicated it yet. And you've said this a lot. You think you, you said Gates will be headlining. You think you see a recording career for yes. Bill Gates coming. Yes. You think he's going to This is to where it's all a, headed, fool. I told you this. The whole reason with career, the fact, you said. yes, he wants to keep COVID alive. So he can then do a benefit <laughs> concert and launch his, you know, he's, he said he's doing uh prime, like he's garage emceeing. Like he's really into the UK drill sound. I don't know. We'll see. He got he's a new got, track out. Windows he's 98. Got reams of notes on his acrimonious <laughs> divorce. Yeah. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> oh savage. Yeah. Yeah. He just steps up. The beats are slapping. He's like, Man, Melinda was so untrustworthy. Can y'all believe it? I can't. Honestly, like, I don't know if y'all don't agree with me, but she probably shouldn't deserve happiness the way she lived her life. I mean, yeah, maybe I'd have some awkward, I asked a couple co-workers out or people who work for me, and yeah. you know, but that's not what Melinda did. Anyway, I'm Bill Gates and COVID, y'all. Thank you. Have a good night. He and then he performs M songs with, and replaces Kim with Melinda. Yeah. <laughs> and he performs like with a, a holograph of Epstein performing a gift. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. It's hey, you happening. fucking ready, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking ready to do it to him? <laughs> <laughs> fucking fog machine. Like, it's Jeffrey Epstein. And everyone's like, boom, oh, that's fucking shit. trash. And he's uh, like, what? Yeah, oh, exactly. bad? Bad? Okay. <laughs> All right. uh, Somebody, some billionaire just needs to own that shit. I guess McAfee was one of the people who was doing that, right? Like, wasn't mm-hmm. he starting his own cult and shit? But, like, somebody just mm-hmm. needs to be that bad. It's like Jeffrey Epstein. Was they the already are people. that bad. They just have no, just the, in the worst yeah, I way. Guess and it's, a it's like they're, they're so, they're so their efficiently PR evil. Team. Yeah, that's right. They need to dismiss their PR team. They need to live life honestly. Set themselves free. All right, let's take uh, another quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And let's talk about Netflix. Currently, you know, they've got, well, first of all, second season of I Think You Should Leave just dropped. So I'm very excited about that. But um, when you look at the top 10, for the most part, it's a lot of reality shows. Our new producer, DJ Dramos, was pointing out that Too Hot to Handle is constantly trending in the top five because they just dropped season two of that, yeah. which is the hot people try not to have sex with each other reality show where, where $100,000 is at, is at risk or, you know, they're competing to win $100,000. And... Yeah, Miles, you were you were reading somewhere that it's just like Netflix may be more the safe like CBS version. Yeah, of which content. is funny in this write up in in Wired about Netflix, like every paragraph whoever wrote this, I'm just gonna big them up by name because they were clearly I think you should leave now fans because 
every like opportunity there was to talk about. I mean, the only thing to watch on Netflix is obviously I think you should leave season two. And then like three paragraphs later, it's like, and I mean, were it not for shows like maybe I think you should leave season two that's about to drop. Netflix might not have anything. And I just love when people like are hardcore. So Kate Nibs, I see you, you Tim Robinson stand. I love the energy. But in this piece was writing, you know, globally, Netflix is the dominant streamer like that. That's just without a, a shadow of a doubt. When you look at the net, the Nielsen ratings, like that's reflected. It's like Netflix yeah. is the default top 10. And then if another streamer has a like big movie or a big show come out, they will sometimes crack the top 10 for like a week. And then it goes yeah. back to all Netflix. But the now, you know, they're saying with HBO Max and Disney Plus, they're finding their kind of rhythm in terms of original of original releases and like many new services coming online because it used to be like, well, at least Netflix has a lot of stuff. Now it's become like if you like horror, if you want anime, like you're probably not going to go to Netflix. You'll go to like Crunchyroll or something like that. And then in the summer, you had like a lot of the movies were coming on HBO Max. Mortal Kombat, that Mortal Kombat film came out. The Godzilla versus Kong film came out. And like those did numbers that apparently made the Army of the Dead on Netflix just seem like a mild hit. And so all of this together, they're kind of saying like, well, it seems like it's sort of Netflix has definitely lost its place in terms of like the prestige area. And if even if you want to talk about them wanting to be a full fledged film studio, Amazon just went and bought a whole ass film studio in MGM. So they're like, how are they going to keep up? Because it seems like now their real big hits are I think you should leave. And maybe and sexy beasts where the people wearing like prosthetics to look like animals and shit that dating show. And they're like, where has the prestige gone? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, and when you look at what like they have all these accidental hits like that art film in quotes from the guy who directed Into the Void. But the premise was it's a art film where people are actually having sex. And then there was the 365 Days, which was just a softcore porn. Those were like among their top 10 shows. So, I mean, they acquire a lot of content and then just let the let the people sort it out. And supposedly they make their programming and like what they invest in decisions based on what people tell them they want. So, yeah. It's this is sort of what happens when your um your commissioning is done by an algorithm. It's right. Like there are so many studio execs or whatever at Netflix, but it's like, what do they do? They take meetings with people, then go into a big room with you know a smart board with math equations happening, and then come back out and say sorry. Right. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It's this. I because even I think about it. I look at it through the prism of stand up comedy. There was that window where if you got a stand up comedy special on Netflix. It was this close to sort of like getting on Carson or Letterman, you know, mm-hmm. eons ago, where it was like there was a certain amount of prestige attached to that. But now it's as though it's it's nowhere near. I mean, I don't think that they stream the same numbers and it's just not like they give out those huge deals to your Chappelle's or your Seinfeld's or whatever. But in, for, for ordinary comedians, it's still fantastic, but it's just there's no care or attention paid to it it's like this is one of the cheapest things that we can commission and i guess we'll give it a go and if people watch it then we'll we'll know to keep coming back right and they're and they're kind of and netflix is in a new phase you know they're no longer borrowing money for the first time that was always a thing where it's like where is all what are they doing but you know i think this is part of their long-term strategy and yeah 
things like Disney Plus and HBO Max, even Paramount Plus, they're siphoning away people's like watch time. Like it's funny, like I have Netflix, but again, I'm really only watching to probably watch I think you should leave or Sexy Beast or the F1 show or something like that. It's only like a couple things I feel like I need Netflix before. Whereas, you know, ask me seven years ago, I was like, oh my God, man, you're not fucking Netflix. Like, what the fuck do you do? Yeah. Like, how do you live? And again, these analysts are looking at it as because they're just, they're so ubiquitous. And now globally, they just have such a lion's share of the eyeballs that it's just going to be more like CBS where they were like the first to broadcast. But now people are just like, I don't know, like, it's it, it's around, but I'm not I don't fuck with CBS because I think it's cool. It just happens to be the biggest thing. Yeah. And also, I mean, the, the the way that these other streaming apps are popping up and qualifying their place, it's like there's only so much money in people's wallets where eventually you have, to, you know, you, you can't just you have to choose mm-hmm. and you can't just choose something because it's got one show. You'd go to your friends and watch it. But like you can't just be like, I'm going to get Netflix because they're going to have a new season of Tim Robinson's show in another year. Or two years. Right. Doesn't make right. any sense. But here I am waiting yeah. for Tim Robinson's show. <laughs> wow. Waiting no more. I yeah. know. You gotta today meet- came out today as we record this. Yeah. You gotta um meet out your your value you're getting from that show because that's a year's worth of Netflix subscription <laughs> distilled into what, six episodes. I flew through them. I mean, when they, the first season came out, I probably just watched the first season three times over. Yeah, just because like the replay value was like sort yeah. of it was infinite for a while, and and I had to do the thing where I didn't want to start memorizing all of the bits like with other things I've watched because then I just find myself performing along with my TV rather than being like an audience because I like it so much. I'm like, oh man, if he tagged me in, I could do this sketch with him. It's just <laughs> like it's a real advertisement for stupidity that show because yeah. it is <laughs> the stupidest show on television and yeah, also yeah. the best, and yeah. it's yeah. not a coincidence. Well, no. you, you can't be that. It, that's the irony of it is like you have to be really smart to be able to pull off the shit that's that dumb. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, it's not just like, oh, man, look at this bozo just falling over himself. It's like, no, like you got to you like that's the I think that's why I really love shit when I watch it. I go, this is so fucking stupid, it's also, but it's, it's so good. It's a performance style as well, because it's just it's such commit. Every character is so entrenched in their you know, like in themselves, <laughs> yes, his commitment yes. to everything is so real. That yeah. It's just like you can't look away because right. it's like these these beautiful little car crashes where yeah. the drivers. I mean, literally in one sketch, it's like the driver <laughs> saying, the driver's just... "There wasn't a car crash," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is so perfect for our country. A car crash happens. <laughs> like it, was, it clearly wasn't me, even though everyone saw him do it. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a reason that that resonates with people. Stupid people making embarrassing mistakes and then refusing to admit it for some yeah. reason that re- that resonates with the modern world. I I had a kind of related streaming question with regards to so it seems like all Pixar movies from now on are just coming out without like they're just going to be Disney Plus products. And I feel like that's like there's this new Luca one about like a kid who's a sea monster that is apparently a metaphor for like LGBTQ, like you know, be, being a, yeah, it's a metaphor for Disney acknowledging that queerness exists in the world, right? Exactly, yeah. as a monstrosity. Without, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it's like it's just going to be dropped on Disney Plus. It seems like, and that's what happened with Soul. They dropped it for free, and I don't know. It, it feels like. Do you guys feel like it's 
devaluing like Pixar movies. Like it, it just feels like it's less of an event now. When Pixar movie, like Onward, came out last year, and like that wasn't really a a big thing. I think that came out before the pandemic, so it hit theaters, but. I don't know. I think there's a few things happening. I'd imagine it's a response to the fact that they're not going to pull huge numbers at the cinema. And then also there's some element that it could be a marketing strategy. It's like Uber gave out really cheap cab rides for a while. So everyone was like, man, can't believe all these cab rides are so cheap. And then they're like, okay, are we the only thing you use? Is this how you get around now? Well, guess what? Cab rides cost seventy dollars now, and you hey. go, "Oh, what the fuck is this?" Oh yeah, and the drivers were subjecting them to hell. <laughs> yeah, it just sucks that their loss leader is like the most artistically valid thing that they were creating as a studio. I feel like yeah, in, in Pixar movies, like they're just like, yeah, we'll just like throw the slop out to the kitties, and by treating it like that, because apparently I was listening to like an industry watcher talk about how even though these movies could make a lot at the box office the most valuable thing to them is stock price and the only thing that draws drives stock price is subscriber numbers it's not like if you have a hit at the box office so now they're basically all they care about is driving like disney plus subscription numbers so they're going to like not even release some of these things into movie theaters, even when movie theaters open back up. It's so grim that the world is being run by old white guys who are just running around following maths. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All, all in the name of fucking shareholder value. Yes. Like even now we have things that are just like, no, no, no. What are you kidding me? You're going to put a movie in a movie theater where people are going to go and you'll make millions, <laughs> possibly billions of dollars. Nah, 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 fam. We need the we need the subscriber numbers to go up yeah. so these fucking day traders and everybody else who are in on our stock, then they can feel good. That's what we're in the yeah. business for. We're no longer Disney. Teach we're just a man this other thing. To watch a movie and he will watch a movie once in a day. But. <laughs> <laughs> right. Guy, as always, such a pleasure having you, man. Where can people find you and follow you? You can find me at guy underscore mont on Twitter and Instagram. My dream is to become successful enough to leave the platforms, as I always say. And also, uh, this is mostly for New Zealand listeners, but uh, the new season of Taskmaster NZ, historically my favorite panel show. I'm in the the season, the second season of Taskmaster NZ, which come, has started coming out now. You can watch it at, on TVNZ On Demand. And if you live abroad and you want to watch it, well, all I can say is very... Possibly, now, you could. Uh, there might be an <laughs> acronym guiding you towards a watch strategy there. Yeah. But, um... Vocational paranoia n- nuisance. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Shout Sorry out to our about... sponsors, ExpressVPN. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I was going to say sorry about everything that's happening over there, but I mean, you guys seem to be in good spirits. <laughs> yeah, we're doing great. It's just uh, it's fun. Hey, uh, it's a blast. You guys, you guys having uh, Yankees over there yet? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, uh, to be honest, I just <laughs> in the news here recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only extremely wealthy ones. We oh, keep giving wow. out these special visas for people yeah. who have a certain net worth. And oh, really? It Only looks if like you're it. building a compound. That's yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's something to work towards. Note taken. That's right.
Uh, and speaking of streaming content for this week's uh, on a streaming corner, we're going to be watching a peacock show, a show on peacock. Uh, uh, peacock. Peacock. So yeah, I'm right. going to have to get that streaming service. The show is called We Are Lady Parts, and it sounds incredible. So that's that's what we're going to be watching. We'll we'll sell it to you a little better in coming days. But it's a well, it's about it an all girl Muslim punk band, and it's just supposed to be hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. A hundred percent on Rotten. What are we tomatoes. doing? That's all. That's all. Enough. Say less. Enough said. Is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Uh, yes, there's a tweet I came across last night which had me in absolute stitches. I just got to pull it up. It was, um, why the fuck is it called a restroom? I'm fighting for my life in here. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet uh, you've been enjoying? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> my, at Miles of Grey on Twitter and Instagram. Also, the other show, 420 Day Fiance. If you like weed and 90 Day Fiance, Come check out 420 Day Fiance. We're having an absolute larf over there. In terms of a tweet, I like Taylor Garen at Taylor Garen, G-A-R-R-O-N. She tweets, the opening line in the Weezer song, Buddy Holly, was my first experience with racism. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, what's with these homies dissing my girl? Why do they got a front? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Why is that the opening <laughs> line of that song? Never really think about that one. Oh, no. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Something must be in the zeitgeist about painful shits because at Rodent Sheriff tweeted, I'm on that shit that killed Elvis, parentheses, the toilet. <laughs> 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 oh, and also uh, at 89 Technical Point out. So I'm on an episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with the brilliant Alex Schmidt and the brilliant Jason Pargin uh, about sewers today. And we talk a lot about like how lucky we are to have modern sewage systems and how bad it is when you don't have sewage systems. At 89 Technical pointed out that the Spanish description of Tenochtitlan in the 1500s when they got there was... The city was incredibly clean and the canals, they had canals where all the waste was deposited to uh, fertilize the floating gardens. So, yeah, that that's one thing that we should probably not overlook is that this is good for us. But other cultures had it had it down pat before we killed them all with plague. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. uh, Where we link off to the information that we talked about today's episode, as well as a song that we uh, think you might enjoy. Miles, what song should we link off to today? This is going to be from Flamingosis and kahuna style is called she loved me and it has like again this is like a sample based sort of dancey jam but it's got this i don't know again this is a track that i would chalk up to having good summer vibes so if you just play it if you're driving you have it on passively it will evoke warmer weather and upbeat vibrations and that's really all you want that's all you want a song to do to you sometimes so this is flamingosis with she loved me 
All right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye.